thanks a lot and thanks again to the sangam team for giving me an opportunity to speak on this topic uh this country was surprised you know once again the whole the right left and the center because a voice came from a church a bishop that uh, there is something called narco jihad and you know narco jihad we have been discussing the different formats of jihad but narco jihad was for the first time used in the indian context and that also not from any right wing organization or from rss it was from the church and what happened then the same which was expected the left ecosystem became hyperactive and uh, so many articles on different news uh, platforms uh, they appeared and uh, you know they said that it is a taunt on the muslim community it is a hypothesis it is it is untruth and there is nothing called narco jihad and uh, again as expected all the secular brigade the congress party the reformists inside the church they lashed out at the kerala bishop and uh, finally the cm of kerala mr pinarayi vijayan he came up with a statement that such words means narco jihad type of words should not be used because it is a threat to the secular fabric of this country and again just a few days later 300 kgs of heroin which was worth nearly 2.9 uh, billion dollars that was seized from the uh, mundra port and where this drug came from it came from the islamic republic of afghanistan bhaya the islamic republic of iran why i am saying the islamic republic but it has a connect and this narco jihad this is not a mere hypothesis and uh, again this is not used by rss and even not used by the kerala church for the first time you know so what is the genesis of this word again why i say the genesis of the word because once you debate on any word matlab any debate is starting from any kind of jargon or what like lag jihad so again there is a mindset there is a uh, i will say a hypothesis that it is a rss creation but it was not in december 2009 the kerala high court while hearing a case they made observation that there are forceful converse conversions in the garb of love and this is what love jihad is it was first matlab used by the uh, kerala high court so when i say the genesis of the word you are able to justify the debate matlab you are able to do justice with the debate once you crack uh, uh, the origin of the word so what is this narco jihad so the narco trade blended by islamic fundamentalism so again narcotics is something which is banned in uh, islam so it is a haram thing it, it is not uh, in practice matlab ki according to the islamic religion but again how this got blended with jihad so i say that it's a haram money for a halal halal cause so how do the islamists justify this uh, haram money for the halal cause 
and what are the uh, what is the history of such incidents we will discuss it this practice of narco jihad that is almost 4 and 4 4 to 4 and 1/2 decades old the islamist mujahideen they used the narco funds for the jihad against the soviet union in 1980s it is 42 years back and if you discuss the indian context it is much more older one of my favorite stories which i want the every that every citizen of this country must know is a bcci bank story my favorite story because because that is an eye opener lot of things are there so again this bcci bank the bank of credit commerce and international which got a license to operate in india in 1977 and that also by the reserve bank governor sardar manmohan singh ji and sardar manmohan singh ji was aware of the threat of the potential of threat posed by bcci because the american dea the royal canadian mounted police the indian agencies before 1977 when this bcci bank headed by a pakistani called aga hasan abidi intel was provided to the indian government that this bank is a dangerous bank it is a drug money bank it is a terrorist uh, money bank despite all those intels manmohan singh gave license later on manmohan singh daughter very recently she wrote a book and she wrote about the bcci that her father was unwilling to give the license but there was a lot of pressure due to which mr manmohan singh gave the license so there is a question about this mr clean this so called mr clean that why he chose to remain on his post rather than giving license to a terrorist bank a drug money bank knowingly anyway what this bank did you know this aga hasan abidi he was given a free passage to travel all over the country he traveled to lucknow he traveled to north east to travel to punjab and finally this bank collapsed it got a get a got a full fledged license in 1983 and it collapsed a few years later because there was a operation by the american dea in america called operation sea chase there is a movie on operation sea chase which exposed the uh, you know this the this working of the bank that so many drug lords so many terrorist organization they were involved into it and that led to the collapse of the bank in india but what that bank did when it was operating here it established the high end drugs especially heroin network across india the distribution network the financial network of heroin uh, smuggling this bcci bank led by a pakistani and license given by sardar manmohan singh they did this it was a narco jihad because this was not only drug uh, uh, networking which was in, being done by the bcci but they financed the khalistani um, uh, insurgents they they funded the insurgency in northeast so it was a perfect blend of the narco money to fuel the uh, jihad <laughs> the terrorism uh, which was supported by a religious angle 
so that was the first instance you can say it was a case perfect case of narco jihad in 1977 in india 45 years back we are late in identifying that we are late in defining that and we are late in using this word narco jihad it may have been used by the bishop for the first time in india but in november 2017 a organization called efsas it is european foundation for the south asian studies they published a report it is a must read report if you want to understand this uh, narco jihad phenomena that report was titled that was basically west oriented a little bit of uh, references about india but that efsas report was titled haram money narco jihad haram money for the halal cause and that was long back published it was published in november 2017 and five years four years uh, after the kerala bishop he used this word narco jihad which is being rejected and which is being uh, trying to being portrayed as a mere hypothesis or a, a simple mathematical calculation it is that it is far away from the truth why i refer to this efss report because again i want to make a point that this word narco jihad has origin outside india it was not used by any right wing organization or not even by the church in india so the efss report it quotes a, a story of the arrest of one uh, uh, chairman of bd foods limited of bangladesh his name was badru doja chaudhary momin so what he was doing that in the garb of uh, food uh, import export he was exporting he was smuggling heroin into uk and later on he was arrested and what the statement he made to the uk agencies that was an eye opener he said that it is a part of our noble responsibility to spoil the kafirs and that is what i am doing i am i am doing my noble responsibility i am i am spoiling the kafirs and again a afghan official he was arrested once and he was interviewed by a pakistani journalist so he asserted the pakistani journalist name was ahmed rasid so he said that opium is permissible because it is consumed by the kafirs and not by the by the muslims so you these these are mentioned in the reports of efss so again the kind of religious component involved into this uh, narco trade and that mixture becomes narco jihad and it is a, it's a, you can say it is the most lethal format of jihad we have discovered uh, till date it is more lethal than ak47 jihad by ak47 and again how the taliban 
which claims that you know they are the protectors of the islam and they are the flag bearers of the true islam how do they justify it? this narcotics jihad so again i'll quote a story that after 9/11 the taliban they banned the drugs they banned narcotics in afghanistan for a brief period of time they were able to get hold of uh, uh, you know afghanistan in that period the afghanist in afghanistan the taliban led by mullah umar they banned the use of they banned this narcotics trade so the whole world you know they were surprised or they were convinced that yes the talibans are true preachers are the true followers of the uh, original format of uh, islam but the radical format of islam so that's why they have banned it but what the story was revealed later on that was something different again it is very interesting so what happened that uh, the after this ban the world production of heroin that was declined by 99% and due to that decline the rise of the heroin in the internal international market that shoot up like rocket and heroin is a dry product it can be used any time so the balance stock was used by the taliban to meet that high price demands so again it was a business formula they banned this uh, narco uh, trade that they stopped the demand the prices went high and again they supplied the balance stock and they made money they made an enormous money out of that so banning drugs on religious lines that was a, an i was in uh, 2000 2001 and again when taliban has taken over you know afghanistan this threat has become more prominent and 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 it is a matter of concern for india also let us discuss the first the uh, drug trafficking routes there are so many routes four or five established routes and due to the covid uh, pandemic there has been exploration of new routes or they have you know worked on the new routes as well according to the united nation office on drugs and crime the afghanistan opiate opiate means the opium uh, related and uh, please note that 6 kg of opium when pro- processed it becomes 1 kg of heroin so there is one balkan route the balkan route is through islamic republic of iran and turkey and this balkan route was used in the uh, this heroin uh, smuggling which uh, the consignment which was seized in gujarat at mundra port this balkan route was used which comes through bhaya uh, republic of islamic republic of iran islamic republic of turkey and you know it has been primarily the main trafficking route this this balkan route there are routes 
which comes directly to Pakistan via Afghanistan. There are routes which uh, you know through which uh, the these drugs are uh, pushed or they are they are pushed inside Russia. And again, the Islamic world, especially the Afghanistan, they have left far behind the uh, you know the Colombian cartels. They are the biggest drug lords, and we will later discuss on how the Colombian cartels. They are trying to do partnership uh, with these uh, uh, Taliban's, and when we talk about the Islamic world, the impact of drugs on the Islamic world, the Islamic world is no less effective. It is a harsh truth that if you want to spoil someone else, you start from your own house, you start from your own family. and that's what has happened with the islamic world you take afghanistan you take pakistan or any of the islamic world they are highly affected by this drug abuse in afghanistan the national drug use survey that happened in 2015 it found that 2.9 million afghan use drugs which is almost 11% of the population and this drug report uh, this survey report also says that this can be 3 to 4 times higher if the original figures they are uh, uh, concerned so nearly 30 to 40% of the afghanistan population they are addicted to this high end drugs to the drugs related to the opiates when we talk about pakistan around 700 people they are killed daily they die daily because of the use of drugs and in pakistan 70 78% of the male population and 22% of the female population they are also addicted to drugs the the total uh, population which is addicted to drugs is around 7. 6 million uh, people in in pakistan when we talk about the seizures there are lot of seizures by almost in every part of the world and the seizures amount to nearly one third of the total uh, this uh, uh, high end drug trade the heroin trade but again that seizures or that losses are expected as an adjustment into the profit so the profit is not hampered you make a few bucks less loss you make a few few bucks loss in your profit and let us talk about the impact of narcotics jihad in india and that started from that pcci bank that was multiplied when that bcci bank got the license in 1977 in 2019 the government of india they came up with a report on the extent pattern and the trend of drug abuse in india so approximately 2.6 crore people in india have are using opioids is the opium related drugs or you can say the high end drugs 
which is really an enormous figure. And again, this survey agency says that the original figure of the drug users in India may be multiple times higher. The most affected states are Uttar Pradesh, Punjab, Haryana, Delhi, Maharashtra, Rajasthan, Andhra Pradesh, Gujarat, and Bihar. Let us talk about the collaboration of the international drug cartels with these Talibans. You must have seen the serials, there are several serials on narcos in Netflix and many other, you know, uh, platforms. So the most prominent drug dealers or the drug cartels were the Mexican drug cartels. They were, uh, you know, supplying drugs or smuggling drugs all over the world. But majority of their, you know, production that was targeted to uh, US. So again, it was a bigger concern for the US and the American DEA, they have done, I think, thousands of operations again against these uh, drug cartels in which that operation uh, uh, against BCCI was also done. So in that also the Colombian drug cartels were involved. So after that, this Taliban regime, this Af the Afghanistan and also headed by a Talibani regime that has become heaven for, uh, you can say, for, for this, this narco production. And again, the network of the Mexican drug cartels, if clubbed together, they have a, a you know, a wonderful trade then. And today, when you talk about Afghanistan, we must remember that around 95% of the total world's opium that is cultivated in Afghanistan. And when we talk about Afghanistan, only 12% of land is what you can say it is arable, you can cultivate that land. There are no other opportunities for employment. So this uh, drug business or, you know, the cultivation of opium, you say it is the only way out for the local farmers or it, it's, a, it's a way of business what you can do over there. And it's an opportunity for the radical Islamists. They can push their jihadist agenda fueled by this narcotics money. It's again an opportunity for the international criminals, the drug lords, although they are not Muslims, but again, they can have a, a common minimum program or you can say a common minimum ideology of this drug trade. Again, when we talk about the potential of this uh, narcotics jihad, so we must also talk about what the Indian government is doing on that. So the Indian government, they have an agency called NCB, Narcotics Control Bureau. But you know, it is very, very tiny. The area of operation is big, but the manpower is very limited. So 
the indian government they are already planning to revamp this uh, organization the ncb in terms of power in terms of manpower so they are trying to create uh, nearly 4000 extra new posts canine squads cyber and uh, intelligence units and also a dedicated prosecution wing for the organization like cbi they have cbi courts so ncb they will have ncb courts if uh, you know this idea is implemented there is one more agency which deals with uh, drugs ncb is meant for drugs but one more agency in which domain these drugs uh, uh, trafficking or drug smuggling that came is dri and dri is the organization those who seized that 300 kg at mundra port so dri is a wonderful organization they have the best intelligence they have the best investigation and i don't remember that any investigation that has been very matlab uh, that has gone very long or that has been unfinished or unconcluded so most of the investigations done by dri they went to a conclusion and on a very fast track basis they have uh, many sources of intelligence including one in house uh, uh, intelligence network it is called coin the custom overseas intelligence intelligence network but this is not enough today this this narco jihad started in 1977 and we are discussing the narco jihad 45 years later so what needs to be done more is that all the agencies in india including the central agencies the state policing agencies now must have a change in their viewpoint that narco jihad is no different from terrorist activities and there is an urgent need for stringent laws dealing with drugs and there must also be provision for death penalty if if someone is found dealing with high end drugs so many countries they have death penalty india can have that death penalty because if you assume that it is no no it is different from terrorism or it it has this narco jihad it has less lethal consequences than the jihad by ak47 we are a fool then so so we need to take measures and any policies emphasizing the stabilization of afghanistan this is for the uh, what i'm saying it is for all of the world if you want to stabilize afghanistan by addressing taliban and ignoring the narco trade it will be unsound and unsustainable since the drug money remains one of the main sources of funding worldwide counter terrorism and counter narcotics strategies must go alongside alongside and they must go hand in hand and finally this story of narco jihad 
must be told to the 120 crore population of this country because this narco jihad is going to hit the indian subcontinent very hard and very very hard and again as propagated by the left ecosystem it is not a word coined by the rss it is not a word coined by the kerala bishop it was first used in 2017 in efsas report and this practice of narco jihad that is 4.5 decades old and india has been a victim of that narco jihad for and half decades before so it's not an hypothesis it's not a mere uh, taunt and it's not a mathematical calculation it's something a threat which is at your door so i'll say that be alert and we need to uh, propagate we need to tell this story of narco jihad not just to india but to the whole of this world thank you Uh, my simple question is uh, i think uh, i heard this term repeatedly you keep saying high end drugs and you were referring to heroin and something which is made out of opium for lay lay people like me who do not know anything about it are there other kind of drugs which are there and and the second question is related is that are they also made up out of opium if not then what other stuff opium in itself is not a high end drug but opium when processed it becomes a high end drugs like heroin when you say drugs the the government agencies like dri and you know the ncb they have a classification about the drugs and they have penalties accordingly so if you have a flat kind of you know uh, analysis that drugs is just simply drugs so you will end up in mixing all the uh, stuffs like bhang the ganja with heroin so heroin is a different thing the you know marijuana or uh, uh, bhang or you can say khaini is also a kind of drugs but it's a different thing so once you mix the uh, everything now so it will create confusion so that's why i say high end drugs because high end drugs means they have a you know a very uh, grave implication on on your mental health on your physical health like heroin and uh, i'm i was surprised i don't see uh, those things these days for the last 5 6 years but we used to in our college days we used to come to jantar mantar for several kind of protests and it was an open activity in kanot place that the beggars they used to take heroin they they put it on that uh, uh, cigarette uh, uh, flip they used to uh, sniff that openly in 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 uh, kanot place in jantar mantar and uh, once it was a height that i saw a person 
who was sitting inside that uh, golchakkar near the rail bhavan so rail bhavan golchakkar is a you know it is a roundabout which connects the parliament and the rail bhavan both so he was taking heroin in uh, in that golchakkar in that roundabout sitting in that roundabout i asked him so i found that he was a person from bihar he has lost all his teeth because that's a a symptom uh, if you are taking heroin and such high end drugs so you will start losing your teeth or your uh, these lips will become extra black and the 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 teeth will become brown so he was a he was someone from bihar so what i want to say about high end drugs because if you mix everything now so we will end up uh, creating confusion so high end drugs means uh, this uh, heroin uh brown sugar and there are so many things there are many chemical you know drugs which are being used so i meant to say that so uh, like i this is little bit of my history thing that you know uh, this opium cultivation in the indian subcontinent be- became a lot uh, after um, british started you know uh pushing for this production and then they were supplying into china and and all that oh, the whole opium trade and opium war which happened and all of that uh how that has transformed into today so that is one thing if you can uh, you know uh, put some insight into it and the second would be uh yes i have heard the same thing that in afghanistan it is easier to grow opium than anything else because of the the kind of climate and the kind of soil and the lack of water and all which is there uh but i'm sure there are other kind of crops which also can be grown but then yes uh, we understand that opium commands a lot more high pricing than than any of those crops so when it comes to money i think it's a very lucrative business uh but i'm not sure if any attempts were made during any time to you know do something about it if there is some information which you can share about that if you have once uh hamid karzai he has said about this opm cultivation in afghanistan that we get 3% revenue but the 100% blame so again opm cultivation for the farmers in afghanistan it is not something very lucrative but it's the only thing what they can do it's lucrative for the taliban is lucrative for the international drug cartels it is lucrative for the criminals so again the uh, it is like the uh, blood diamond thing that the cultivators they were able to get nothing but the smugglers they were getting everything they made fortunes of, out of that and as far as opium cultivation in uh, re- regard to india is concerned and that was once boosted by these uh, uh, um, britishers so opm is not only used for uh, processing heroin opm is used opm seeds we call it pasto that is used for uh, that is edible you can find many dishes uh, in delhi also in some bengali restaurant it's a favorite dish of the bengalis they they use posto so you can get posto saag you can get posto alu or you can get posto meat or you can get posto uh, machli fish also in the bengali dishes and opium again 
it was used for medicinal purpose so use of opium in india it is century old and you will find in our uh, uh, books in our ancient uh, books that opium was used for treatment it was used for medicinal purpose so but now in afghanistan the opium is not cultivated for medicine or it is not cultivated for the use of post it is used for processing heroin or the opium cultivated in uh, uh, colombia that was not used for medicine or that is not medicine was pro- processed from that that was used only and only to process heroin there is an opium agriculture in bengal and bareback up Uh, in bengal people use it in vegetable uh, so how do you think the banning uh, of this will help in controlling the drugs in india there are two kinds of opium farming in india one is licensed farming and that is controlled so that control or that licensed farming the opium extracted is used for medicinal purposes and the remains that is called postu postu is not opium that is opium seeds so so nothing uh, you can say that no opium is left in that so that postu is used for the uh, uh, eating purposes for for you know uh, that that is edible the second cultivation of opium in india is again it is cultivated in the same manner and it is used in the same manner what it is uh, how it is being done in afghanistan you must know that the insurgents now many have surrendered the insurgents in northeast the naxals in jharkhand they facilitate this opium farming in their area of dominance because if it's a naxal den the police is not coming inside that and they facilitate this opium farming and again it is this cultivation by the naxalites it is again not used for the medicinal purpose or for the purpose of this postu because if you are growing it for this purpose you cannot make that amount of money so the cultivation by naxals in india that is different and the controlled cultivation licensed by the government of india that is different two kinds of opium farming is going in india so especially in gen z or uh, people who are right now in schools or even are in colleges they have this uh, culture and they find it very normal or cool to uh, get involved in drugs or taking ganja uh, if i if i may uh, say so and uh, they have made it a component of peer pressure na- nowadays so uh, how can we or people in the same group uh, in the same generation who uh, who actually don't find it pretty cool can make it a thing that that might negatively reinforce them to uh, not to use or not to be involved in such activities how can we create awareness and uh, remove this tag of cool from uh, consuming drugs look there are so many ways of being cool and i think the younger generation they are very smart you know they understand what is good and what is bad so that's why i say that this story of narco trade so 
the younger generation they went to the theaters to watch a love story so i am not saying that you don't watch that love story <laughs> but you must know this story also you must know the heer ranjha aur laila majnu story okay that's an urge of that you know young age but you must also know this narcotics trade or this narcotics jihad story and one more thing i have seen no one that he is a born addict everybody he starts either from cigarette or you know khaini or beedi or ganja or uh, again they got promoted uh, in using these high end drugs called uh, these uh, heroin and uh, these things everything is starts from an urge of adventurism and this adventurism becomes a regular practice and that leads to addiction so to do adventure there are so many avenues drugs is nothing nothing which you should try to explore or you should try to adventure in this field and again the last thing that <laughs> what i conclude that we must you know know that what is the real matlab uh, if 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 uh, i have a pudia of heroin in my hand i must know what is the motto behind that from where it has come this is a drugs blended by a, a, a radical religious thought so it is not intended to provide enjoyment to you it is or to provide ecstasy to you it is intended to destroy you individually and to destroy your nation to destroy your society so once if you have a pudia in your hand and you know the story behind that i am sure that the younger generation they will throw it away in the dustbin they won't use it sir even uh, bollywood has played a major role in normalizing the consumption of drugs even if we'll talk about very recent movies like kabir singh etc they have shown certain characters which has again removed the taboo around consumption of drugs in india especially amongst the youngsters so uh, how do you think uh, actions from the state level or government can uh, uh, play a role uh, to limit the same or to control the same this is not happening just in india if you see the international platforms the ott platforms like netflix it is the number one all the drug lords they are portrayed as a hero even pablo escobar i have seen his serial he is like a hero he is like a messiah so it's a problem everywhere and then this must not be done they are criminals they are hardcore criminals and you know they are spoiling a generation they are they are spoiling your dna because if you start taking drugs your dna is transformed your coming generations they will have the impact of your drug use so if you abuse your body by drugs that doesn't mean that it is limited to you it it it, it transform it transfers to many generations it is just like the uh, what we say that uh, uh, pramanu bomb explosion that it is not confined to a, a, a 
a, a single generation or it is not confined to a single person the impact that are transferred to the coming generations that mutate your dna that changes that, that they, they, these drugs make changes in your dna namaskar uh, vinay ji asinju took up this point of uh, dna now what would you how, is it possible to connect or would it be right to connect alcoholism with uh, this narcotics so, uh, many people take alcohol but they don't get become alcoholics they take it throughout their life and they pass on comfortably but there are a few people who have uh, who get this uh, you know they can't live without alcohol it is something like that for drugs also because from what we hear a lot of people have uh, especially those uh, people who are on the spiritual side so to say used to take ganja as a regular measure now how does this relate as as you said how does it affect the dna does it uh, become habitual to everybody or to somebody only sir this is why i uh, mentioned this high end drugs thing marijuana is a different thing i am not prescribing it <laughs> that you must take marijuana but i uh, think sangan talks already had a talk on this marijuana so marijuana has a healing component it heals cancer and so many countries they you know they are decriminalizing or they are uh, at uh, uh, permitting the use of marijuana for medicinal purposes it has anti cancer element but the heroin it doesn't have anti cancer element i am not prescribing marijuana to anyone but the indian drugs the drugs which i don't say drugs but if you take uh, go through the history and the proposition of that drugs so we cannot mix alcohol or this ganja with the heroin heroin is something in which the addiction rate is very fast it is like rocket once you test heroin you find it uh, tasty or not your body you know that uh, demands it again and again alcohol takes time this ganja may take time it is not so quick so that is what i am saying ki we must not mix the heroin kind of high end drugs with the drugs like bhanja or ga, uh, or or uh, ganja or or alcohol this is a different story this this, this also must be dealt but this will have a different way out and this ganja and this alcohol they don't have this uh, narco jihad proposition so the addiction in this uh, heroin it is very quick and if you just take it for adventure also you you want it every time it doesn't matter you like the taste or not 